Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where tonight my friends and I are going to begin our Cult Divinity Lost role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Tonight, it will be the beginning, our first uh, session zero uh, of our first full campaign in the universe of Cult Divinity Lost, The Black Madonna was originally constructed by Gunilla Jensen and uh, Michael Peterson uh, in 1991 uh, with additional materials for the 2018 edition by Marco Behrman, Matisse Fredrickson, uh, Robin Lillianberg, and Petr Nalo. Uh, Cult's Divinity Lost is published by Helmgast and there will be a link in our uh, description below. I am the Game Master, this is Session Zero. So our, our players have created their characters already, um, but there's a lot to each character and they all are part of a loose group. They don't all know each other, but they all know, they're all connected in one way or another. Um, so I thought we could start by giving us descriptions of your characters. And uh, I've created a chart, which I have on my wall over here so I can look up and I can see things about the character. I'll just go from the top of the chart down. Uh, Morgan, why don't you tell us about your character? Okay, so I'm Ingolf Eckert. I am a horror writer. Um, I live in a small apartment in Berlin uh, with just me and my cat, Albert, um, where I spend most of the day uh, writing um, trying to get things published. I have two novels so far that have been published, uh, a Requiem for Isabel and Scratches. I have a short story collection called Heartbeats, and I'm currently working on a, my next novel, which is tentatively titled Caress. Um, I'm a very... Uh, I get around the, the book circles of, of Berlin, so I'm known kind of locally, hoping to start fostering a more of an international readership, but... Uh, Translation work is slow um, on the publisher side of that. Um, mostly, what's, um, what what what's your apartment like? What uh, habits do you sort of have? Oh, my my apartment is sparse. I mean, I don't. Uh, I'm not making the big uh, the big bucks. Uh, hopefully, at some point, I'll have a breakout uh, book, but that's uh, that has not happened. So, basically, it's almost it's a studio apartment. There's just you know, a bed, a writing desk, a battered old bookshelf, um, a little kitchenette in the bathroom. And that's about, that's about it. Um, so if I'm not, if I'm not too smoke. Yeah, I do. I do smoke uh, quite a lot uh, to try to keep uh, myself focused, the nerves down. Um, so if I'm not uh, on a day to day, if I'm not at typing, I might be out on a tiny little balcony uh, smoking. Uh, Matt, what's uh, your character's name and tell us something about him. Gotcha. Right, I'll be playing John Miller, a freelance journalist, uh, also based in Berlin. Uh, he's inherited a nice little house, semi-detached uh, house in, probably going to butcher the pronunciation, uh, Schoenberg, to the south of central Berlin. Uh, he's freelance mainly but mainly so he can kind of pick and choose who he works for um, but also some people probably won't touch him after he made a bit of a professional blunder a few years back 
uh, revolving around a uh, almost uh, photo expose regarding a certain uh, star in the German film industry. But uh, yeah, legal proceedings are a bitch when they uh, when they happen. Yeah. But otherwise, he's a probably a a fixture around many of the bars. If you move around the kind of socialite circles around Potsdamer Platz, that kind of area, uh, that you probably see him propping up the bar somewhere or giving away copious amounts of money to buskers on the Unterden Linden, uh, just the other side of the Brandenburg Gate. It has a, the, place, uh, hmm? the, pla the place you live, uh, is, it, is it a house with a yard or is it a house crammed up next to a bunch of other houses? Or? It's semi-detached. So, I mean, um, Schoenberg is a slightly more affluent but traditional uh, district in Berlin, but it has that very much that old person's vibe to it. I mean, he's inherited it and he hasn't really done much to do it up. So it's, it's got maybe a slightly overgrown yard, a uh, very overgrown garden that he probably should really just pave at some point. Uh, but the one, the one fixture out the front of it, his pride and joy is his uh, Jaguar uh, XJS that's imported. Wow, very nice. And a Jaguar is not a... Is that a, just a two-person car, no back seat? Uh, there are there are four seats technically, but you pretty much have to be an amputee to get in the back. <laughs> yeah. What color is it? Uh, go with a kind of dark dark green, dark green. So like a racing color. That's nice. And it sounded like you both drink and uh, gamble. Uh, well, not definitely not smoke, but yeah, co copious amounts of drink. And if there's a casino, yeah, you'll probably throw around a little bit of money. But you always seem to be quite tight for cash after having thrown a lot of it away at some buskers. Okay, cool. Uh, David, you're next. I just, uh, I'm Dietrich, Dietrich Zimmermann, uh, and I also live in the Schöneberg neighborhood of Berlin. Um, my wife and I have flat above my shop where I sell used and rare books um the wife has some family money and i don't but occasionally i you know make a tidy sum on an estate sale uh we live marginally above our means um in the style to which she's accustomed and it's always a bit stressful what's uh, your wife's name selma selma Berlin. Um, we have no children. Uh, we have a, a bird. It was her mother's. Uh, I would rather not, but the damn thing might outlive us. A parrot? What kind of bird? I don't actually know anything about birds. Do you have any recommendations, Matt? I'd say an African grey, because those things can live to like 75, 80 plus. Right, and they're dangerously smart. Oh, yeah. Right, sure, sure. let's do that. Okay, cool. Um, and your habits, you drink, you smoke? Uh... You know, everyone smokes. Everyone drinks at least beer and schnapps. Uh, my habits are not, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you're not overindulging. I'm not. I'm not indulgent. Uh, I'm pretty actually uh, uh, sober. Yeah. Yeah. There's a 
aesthetic. I spent a lot of time looking through the books, um, a little time probably fixing up the books that the auditor sees, um, and you know, always on the lookout for something that I want for my private collection um, that I can maybe get the store to buy for me if I can't afford it, that sort of thing. Nothing that's going to, you know, bring the wrath of God down on me, but. You're, uh, you're married and you don't have children. Is that by choice or because you can't have children? It is not by choice. Uh, uh, we thought we would have a little family and the fact that we have not has been a source of some tension. Understand that. Um, okay, um, Holly, why don't you go next? Well, <clears throat> I'm playing Petra Ziegler, an entrepreneur. I run a fashion boutique called the Black Cat that um, carries the latest and most fashionable styles of the West from America and Western Europe. Petra lives alone in a penthouse apartment in one of Berlin's richest and most upcoming neighborhoods. I don't have a neighborhood in mind, but um, someplace that would be chic and lots of young, wealthy people. Um, her home is, she lives alone um, with her cat, Felix, named after her favorite childhood cartoon, little black and white cat. And um, she collects fine art and old instruments and nice designer clothing, but her house is cold. She's uh, just her and the cat, and it's um, not a very warm or welcoming place. But it's a house. Um, You've got a house. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, a, it's an apartment, like a penthouse apartment. apartment. But it's a nice yeah. penthouse. Yes. And um, are you not in a relationship just because you're not interested or... She, she had a relationship that kind of soured and then became competitive. And so uh, that kind of put her off of relationships after that. And she is, uh, she keeps people at arm's length. Her right-hand man, Rolf, is probably the person that she lets in the closest, but even then is, it's still pretty, pretty distant yeah. and professional. Cool. Um, Josh, you're next. Yeah. Dieter Weber is my name. I live alone in a flat with my white, pure white cat, Shadow. Live alone. I am a cat, Shadow. <laughs> yes. My, uh, my profession, I work in private security, but... I was once married to my beautiful woman called Anya. We have two children. They were twins, but I had to part ways because of a, an affair I had. But uh, I did fall in love again once, but I don't want to talk about that. I drink myself to sleep after shifts most of the time. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you take part in a nightlife uh, you know bars uh, nightclubs 
I am always weather parties <laughs> when I'm not working, that is. But I will sneak in a little drink because you've got to enjoy yourself, even on the job. Um, can't think of anything else. Uh, Mick? Um, I will be playing the character of Professor Heinz Bonen, a uh, professor of modern history and something of an expert in the study of uh, East German history and politics during the period of the, the, the partition. Uh, although, of course, you can't study that period without looking at the, the fall of the Weimar Republic and the effect that had on the major issues. But, by the by, um, I, I, I live alone. Um, have a few, very few close friends, preferring quality to quantity. Um, chit chat bores me, and I, I don't really feel inclined to meet new people unless they're particularly interesting. Um, I have a tortoise named uh, Corky. Uh, if I'm, if I'm uh, on a trip, my my housekeeper cares for him. Um, I, that's of course he's hibernating, and um, I, I I really I'm getting ready to retire. To be honest with you, her um, housekeeper is she a live-in housekeeper? Does she come once a day? Oh no no no! no. She 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 comes in in, the, in in the mornings. Very very often she she comes in after I've gone out sometimes. And if I'm working from home, she'll, she'll come. What's what's her name? Uh, her name is Gretel. Gretel. And do you have any habits? Uh, drinking too much or uh, no, smoking? I, I wouldn't say I drink too much. I, I, I drink a little and I, I, I smoke a pipe now and then, but um, it's, it's so expensive these days. It's so uh, barely afford it. And uh, how do your colleagues at the university uh, regard you? Uh, respectfully? Uh, or Oh, they, for, the, for the, well, the older ones seem all right for the most part. Some, some of the more up-and-coming ones um, don't seem to, to, to uh, Give, give us uh, elder statesmen of the department that, that much uh, respect, really, which is which is unfortunate. But uh, yes, yes, I, I I don't think I've ever I've never advanced any theories that might be called controversial. You see, um, I wrote I wrote a, a paper a little while ago on the on the um, the. Uh, 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 the, the cellar Neuhaus Neu Rathaus and um, that, yes that, that um, raised a few hackles it wasn't considered proper to write about nonsense like that but, uh, but, but, but for the most part it was uh, yes it's been alright okay so we have six characters in this uh, that are loosely sort of tied together let's Let's see what some of those ties are. Let's go back to Morgan. Who in this group do you know and how do you know them? Of like, course, you might just be making this up at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've been in Zimmerman's shop 
a, a couple of times. Um, if I do buy a book, it's probably going to be used. Um, maybe for a book signing. Maybe even did a book signing uh, with my most recent book scratches. Probably, maybe I don't know. Um, so I probably I probably know Zimmerman quite well. I may have met some of the others, but Zimmerman has this. I think has the strongest, or it makes sense that I be connected with Zimmerman more than anybody else at this moment. And so, David so, uh, Dietrich, um, we know your your uh, connection then with uh, Ingolf. Um, who else are you connected with? Well, uh, apparently, Professor Bonin has been into the shop as well. Uh, oh, yes, yes, several times. Yes. And it is, you know, the sort of, to the extent that my business is functional, uh, you know, part of the market is sort of trying to pair people with specific requirements to uncommon texts. It's not like he can read, you know, something from the 19th century on Google Docs. So I, there's probably a standing list of things that he's interested in locating that I have an eye out for. Um, I don't know that, I don't know that we would have readings of contemporary horror authors, although it's worth thinking about. It could even be the sort of thing that like my wife insists on because it might bring some new eyes into the shop. Whereas I'm perfectly happy to see the same 25, you know, academic or esoteric customers. She's always hoping that she can lift her social profile a little bit. So maybe we can do it that way and have, so that we wouldn't be, since you can't afford rare books, um, that would give us a reason to have a, an actual personal you know, the degree of personal contact. And there was something about Petra, but I don't if we know if we defined it at all. Um, we, we, we could say Petra has a talent for getting her hands on rare things that are hard to come by if you were to right. be in and the market the, for that kind of thing. Sure, and you're not going to have a list of people who want to buy a $2,000 copy of something but i know who those people are mm -hmm. you deal mostly with people who are interested in contemporary things but if you run across something that looks good you could bring it to me then we could yeah 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 um how many people here know magda i think we all do okay all got one tire so yeah we'll have to figure out whether magda made any of these connect forged any of these connections but we have to do that um i would say probably not okay yeah your each of your connections with her is kind of uh it, it's something that you know you haven't seen her for years right and since we both live in schoenberg it's possible that i see miller around just you know we could be people who nod at, in, in a cafe if we happen to both sure. be there I'd actually put a small hook in here to uh, remind myself in in my background about uh, maybe hitting you up for certain things, but it depends on what type of books you sell. Because uh, the type of thing he'd be interested in, he, he may have even come in asking this, and if, if you do sell them, great. If you don't, then, oh well. But it's another way to forge a connection. Is He'd be looking for books on uh, mythology, folklore, the occult in general, um, but also on uh, various parts of 
psycho um, psychological medicine, in particular dream interpretation. Sure. No, there's there's the the Zimmermann Buchhandlung has an esoterica section. Um, that's definitely a shared interest. So we'll probably have done a little business and certainly talked over. Yeah, my my personal collection is more in the alchemical field, older stuff. But you know, there's there's definitely crossover there, and probably, you know, I'm not the only used and rare bookshop in Berlin that has esoterica. But I might have a better collection than you'll find in, you know, in, in most of them. There are there are a few other shops out there. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, Holly was next on that list, I think. If uh, there are other. Um, I think possibly um, Dieter and I might have a connection with the side businesses that I run and the kind of people that would kind of orbit those circles of, you know, a little bit more of the, the seedy underworld of Berlin. Yes, uh, yes, I'm always up for seedier parts of Berlin, so I'm probably the man to go to. And um, anyone that would run in high society or just attend parties where, you know, the, the rich and the wealthy go to, you know, see and be seen. You've probably seen me around there too, desperately hoping to be seen. Well, Petra, you're, you're kind of a bit of a fashionista, aren't you? you mm -hmm. like I, dress, I, very yes, nice dress, clothes. dress in high fashion. Yes. You have your own styles. Mm -hmm. and, uh, well, let's say uh, uh, Mick, yeah, next, next. Um, do you know any of these others any other ways? Um, well, as I said, I, I, I know uh, Dita. In, uh... Yes, we, we can say mutually because I think the real reason we know each other should be kept <laughs> a <laughs> <Yes>. secret. <laughs> um, and and, and uh, Herr Zimmerman, of course, I bought... Uh, books from him on a number of occasions um i i, I, I don't know any of the others i'm afraid so i don't know if it's unusual or not but let's let's talk about our advantages um matthew you've played this game and know more about it than than even than i do um would there be any reason why people wouldn't share their advantages since you guys some, are kind of friends? There might be some they want to keep under their bat, especially if they're ones that have a more blatantly supernatural effect. It might be something that you uh, turn around and think, that, you're crazy, how the hell can you do that? It might make them worried about using such things. It might be something they don't even use that much. Right. Well, let's see. Morgan, do you have any, any of your advantages that you would like to share? Be funny uh, if everybody just goes no, no. Yeah, no. I have a, I have artistic <laughs> talent. Um, that and is that, true. And uh, that lets me uh, engage an audience. Uh, I can generate interest in people. I can hold people's attention. Uh, another one I have is fascination. So the, the readers that I have are diehard loyal. Uh, 
Uh, that's two of my advantages. The third one I'm going to keep in my pocket. <laughs> it sounds like you can capture an audience by getting up and reading excerpts from your book or things like that. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're that talking about the, the craft, you know, the writing process, I can do that. And then the same thing with fascination. So I could do it with a group of people with artistic talent and I can really do it to an individual with, with fascination. Right. And then I have okay. a third undisclosed talent. Matt. Alex kind of come off mute. Yeah, the, the obvious one for him being a journalist is that he's pretty good at reading people. Um, for having, I studied journalists, as me as the player, um, studied journalism at university. And I remember one of my, uh, my lecturers uh, said a good line that's always stuck with me for a long time, that if, someone, if you ask someone a question and they say no for the third time consecutively, there's a story there. So I took huh. Interrogator which is uh, it gives me the ability to always ask, are you lying? And it doesn't count towards my question uh, quota for my, depending on what role I get. And as far as everyone's else concerned, is I'm a fairly normal guy because I'm certainly not revealing what the other two are yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, David. Uh, yeah. One of my advantages is probably something that people who know me would kind of have a sense of, which is that I'm crafty. If you've seen me sort of, I'm not a slick salesman by any chance, but if you've seen me like get my hooks into somebody in the shop and, you know, upsell them into a collection that, that goes for a pretty penny, um, you know, that's a, that's an advantage that is, essentially a personality trait. Uh, my other two are things that, other than the sort of sense that I might be kind of a spooky guy, which again, I'm, you know, darkly clad and pale and quiet and have a used bookstore. So, you know, the <laughs> fact that I seem kind of spooky is not that strange. Uh, but you also, yeah, there's there's an interpersonal thing and a little little tinge of an aura. That's all. Holly? Um, so if you've spent any time with Petra, you have seen Rolf, who is her right-hand man, as well as a handful of other people here and there, nondescript. She doesn't even remember their names, honestly, but she has people who work for her. Um, and especially Dieter would, would know that she she knows her way around Berlin and all the aspects of it from the high society to the underworld and um, is very familiar with um, all of the, the people, the kind of people who run in all of those circles and how to get what she wants from them. And uh, let's see, uh, Josh. Uh, well, in, in my line of profession, it says, Safe to say, I should be a weapon master, and that is, I'm a master at my craft with mo pretty much any weapon. Uh, but that is all I wish to share. That's all that you share. And Mick, you did say earlier you were an expert, which we know you yes, are. Yes, I'm an expert um, in, in, in my, my particular field of uh, uh, modern East German history. Um, I, I, I also um, have the advantage of having a an academic network. I'm in, in contact with a 
quite a, a large network of academics. And um, during the, the the partition years, when the when the wall was up in the in the middle of the, the city, um, it, it it wasn't very easy to communicate through official channels between east and west. So we we set up little uh, back channels, if you will. It was uh, it, it was rather good fun. It was, uh, it was like being spies, but uh, um, but with post office documents from the <laughs> 1930s instead of secrets. Those, those are all the advantages I'm willing to discuss and looking up here on my board at the disadvantages i don't think anybody's going to want to share any <laughs> disadvantages my 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 main disadvantage um which which has been a um a curse throughout my adult life um is that i'm afflicted with the uh, the voice of um a much taller and more attractive man My biggest disadvantage is I'm I'm just too good at my job and too full of heart. Um, but job interview aside, I do have one kind of disadvantage in terms of mechanics that one rolls for. But I guess this is not the first game session. This is a session zero. Right. So unless you want to prepare that, depending on what happens, we can... Or I could, you know, we could discuss it privately too, not in front of all of these. Yeah, you could uh, you could put it in the uh, the chat um, okay. if you wanted to. Sure. Um, a lot of this will come up in our first game episode. Um, it gives you guys things to talk about. Uh, I'm not giving anything away. The, the the game is going to start in Hamburg. Uh, at the uh, the German Authors Association dinner uh, for the golden plaque, uh, and you're all going to end up being seated together. But I'll I'll give an introduction tomorrow that leads into that. But you're going to be sitting there for a while, having discussions and chit chatting, so you can make up a lot of the stuff as you <laughs> as you do that. Uh, cult, as some of you know, is very heavy role play. Um, uh, unless you make stuff up that leads us completely out of the game, you can make up whatever you want about your your background and the people you know and the people you're chit-chatting with. You're obviously not at the dinner all by yourself. There's lots and lots and lots of people there. What else? Uh, the game's going to begin on September 14th, 1991. And it is raining outside. That's where it's going to start. So I don't know what that what all I've got. I've gotten so much information from you already, so I don't get anything more, unless you just want to talk about your characters. I'm thinking there might be another relationship I could potentially uh, have in addition to Deirdre. That's whether, as Dieter mentioned, he's out on the town quite a lot, has been a, uh, a fellow party boy. Uh, what, 
what type of uh, nightclubs or bars do you associate with? <clears throat> Any, wherever there's alcohol. Oh, so. There are quite a few in Hamburg, uh, right near the, uh, the Rot House. Um, the Rot House sets on the uh, Beninaster, which is a little man-made lake uh, next to the, I think it's the Alter Aster, which is a much larger lake. Um, and there's a lot of nightclubs and fancy places. I know, I, I, I know, I know the Rat House. Um, I'm, I'm, I, when I was younger, um, I spent a little time in Hamburg in, in the 1960s. I was very fortunate that um, I actually got to see a very famous band that started there, the Brattles, who were um, enormously, enormously famous. I think the English pronounce that differently, don't they? No, it is the Rattles. Oh, the Rattles. Um, yes. They, um, it was, um, there's a very interesting book about the period. It's, it's called um, A Cellar Full of Goys. Was was written by uh, Leggy Mountbatten, who was the, uh, the manager. But uh, I'm pleased, I'm pleased that the other members of the party are, are all... Uh, um, uh, German speaker. I assume Mr. Miller is a German speaker. Uh, it is it's much easier for me to 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 speak in German. Um, my English is not very good. If I if I communicate in English, it is very frustrating. Um, I feel like I'm uh, communicating like a child. So um, I, I will uh, refrain from talking to you in in in, in English, Mr. Miller. And I would prefer, if possible, I, I will take you in my German mouth. No, he born, born in East Berlin, managed to get out before the wall came up with his uh, with his mother. Oh, I Actually, see. So you've changed, you've changed your surname then, have you? Or is that your father's name? No, that's the father's name. Uh, Alice Klar. That actually does bring something up that I didn't get from you, is... Although you all speak German, what other languages do you speak, Morgan? Uh, I also speak English uh, a decent amount and a little bit of French. Okay. Uh, Matt? Uh, probably a little bit of English. Uh, Bear in mind the likes of the imported car and moving around in media circles, it's always helpful to know a, a language like that. And maybe a, a little bit of Russian, as it's still got the Eastern blocks right on the, on the, well, the former Eastern blocks right on the doorstep, but he probably doesn't use it very much these days. Uh, David? I'm actually looking it up. I got that from you. I've got a smattering of a lot of old languages. I've got a smattering of Latin, of Greek, of Arabic, I remember. And there are some contemporary ones too, but I, that's in the character material that you sent me. That was because you chose yeah, the, uh, the... As the, the book, book dealer, et cetera. Book yeah. Which is the... You're the... Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, and then uh, Holly? 
Um, Russian, English, and Swedish, but all of it is broken. You can get by. Yeah, yeah. Just that that's what you gave me. You said it was all broken. Right. So, however you define that. <laughs> and Mick, you speak uh, German, obviously. Um, German and um, I think there was Russian as well. I can't find the thing. I think I had German, Russian, and a little, um, a little English. And uh, Josh, uh, English, German, and a, a little Russian, just because of where I was where I was born in German. <laughs> Uh, I have a question. We know, uh, or it's been established, uh, why each of us is attending the Golden Plaque Award uh, yeah. in Hamburg. But it's, what do we know about that as people in the world? Is this an event oh, that happens every year? And it's, it's an event that happens every year. It's annual. Um, there's there's a committee that chooses a particular author that they have decided should win the golden plaque award um it's a literary thing uh mostly you, you you're either interested because you are uh literary people journalists or you know bookstore owners or maybe you just like really expensive parties um it's going to be a dinner a dance uh and an award so it's just one of those things that you're in hamburger and you're going to be attending. It's the way the game starts. I was just making sure it wasn't, say, the inaugural Golden Plaque Award and none of us had heard of it, but we all got special invitations. No. And it's actually... You, you all would have gotten invitations. In fact, let me see. I think we've got the invitation. This year, I'm hoping to get the prize for best interpretive dance. The best interpretive dance. Yeah, I composed a 19-hour um, um, solo ballet uh, inspired by the uh, the tank battle of Prokhorovka. It got very good reviews, but um, uh, my my hips will never stand another performance. So the dancers are the tanks, not the tank operators. The the the, the dancer is the, the spirit of war, and the uh, the boundless futility of man's. Um, impotent screaming into the void. It is that I find it, I don't know about anyone else, but I find it almost impossible to um, uh, try to do a German accent without, without in some way um, um, channeling Werner Herzog. Have you ever met a chicken? Have you ever looked into the eye of a chicken? Cool dead eye. (laughs) So it, is. it expires <laughs> in me. 
I'm envisioning all of the people coming out in gray uniforms inside little tank outfits with the things and they in unison. Firing. I do I do three I do three German cultural references, right? I do Werner Herzog, Nina Hagen, and Klaus Nomi. I was just thinking Werner Herzog is the best one for the part. Because <laughs> if I start singing in a falsetto, the reality is going to start uh, folding on itself. And Actually, I had a dream um, a couple of weeks ago. I had this dream in which um, I seemed to be making a really good career um, out of this act where I would just go on stage and people would shout out their favourite female singer and I would just perfectly impersonate that singer on stage to such an eerie degree that it was freaking me out in the dream while I was doing it. Despite the fact that you have a physical resemblance that's uncanny to a male celebrity. Just well, several. <coughs> you know. I knew of one. There's Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Famously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, obviously there's that. Um, frequently, um, uh, people, I, I say people, small people, um, but not people with... Um, the, children, the, you mean? The, children, yes, those ones, yes. Not jockeys, the other little ones, yeah. Um, they, they sometimes come up to me in the street and they're, they're very belligerent children these days. They say things like, where's my fucking Xbox? And I said, well, I don't know, and walk on. And they go, I wanted a 10-speed bike. Why did you only leave a three-speed one? I have those same things. I've never seen you before in my life. And this goes on all year round. All year, although I do find that from about the end of November, children become incredibly kind and polite towards me. And they start um, giving me glasses of sherry and... and and cookies. It's, um, it gets quite nice then. And obviously, and, 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 the one, and the one I could actually make a career from is obviously Kropotkin. I could actually be a Peter Kropotkin impersonator. Although I've looked into it and there's not actually that much demand, surprisingly. You want to do a little bit of an outro, Tom? I'm doing Professor Kettlewell from Doctor Who. I did pop a couple of suggestions in the oh. chat that stuff you might want to get done now rather than clogging up the beginning of the next session or the first session. Um, dramatic hooks. Yeah, I'd like to know how they function. Well, maybe Matthew can help us with that. But yeah. what I ran across in the Black Madonna was it just said, let them develop from the story as you go along instead yep. of adding ones in that would cause us to go off in tangents to, uh, you know, things. So I, don't yeah, know I think, I think that relates. It's more giving guidance as to what you want to achieve. Um, how they work is tied in intrinsically with the advancement mechanics. Uh, this is the way that you as characters will get effectively XP or the equivalent of progressing and building in play. Um, dramatic hooks are the two slots for them. In the very first session, we as our players 
get to choose the two for our own characters. But then in subsequent sessions, once any of them have been completed, it's then down to the GM gets one of those slots to say your goal or your hook for the next session is X. And then collectively, the other players get together and say, oh, wouldn't it be nice if your character got to do this and take up the second one? The way you structure them is a goal that has a particular, uh, a particular verb in there. So the book lists eight examples of you should dot, 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 and then either something along the lines of finish, reveal, tell, visit, complete, confront, investigate, and develop. So, for example, you should visit the place where the kidnapper took you, or you should reveal your infidelity to your wife. Um, once the PC has fulfilled a dramatic hook, they gain one experience count for when you total it up at the end of the session. Now, this is alongside three questions that everyone gets at the end of the end of each session, which are, have we discovered anything new about the truth? Have we learned anything new about our characters? And have we challenged ourselves? So if you meet those three questions with yeses and fulfill both your dramatic hooks, you could potentially get five experience points. For every five that you cash in, you get to do an advancement that's determined by largely in part the archetype that you've chosen will have a series of uh, tick boxes on the back of the sheet uh, it's normally things like increase one attribute by plus one to a maximum of plus three increase one passive attribute by plus one to a maximum of plus three uh, increase any one attribute to max uh, plus one to a maximum of plus four but you can't do all of your advances in any one of those areas. You can only choose that or one of those, some of those options certain amounts of times. Like you can only increase one attribute to a maximum plus four once, but you can do the others, like an active one up to plus three, one, two, three, four, that's six times. It all depends on what your archetype options are. And then after you've got uh, five advancements, that opens up other options. And once you've got to further 10 advancements, then that opens up another whole range of options that you can choose. So this, this will happen on a session-by-session session basis of how much XP you get. So it might be wise to have um, a little bit of time put aside at the end of the session to discuss dramatic hooks, to total up XP, select advances, and so on and so forth, because there's there's a bit of bookkeeping associated with this. But yeah, so as we as the players get to choose our first two, having got a little bit of the setup, we can probably get an idea of some of the things we, what we might want to achieve in the first session. Okay. And does this, does this apply to everybody then? The first Yeah, one? Every, every one of us gets to choose two hooks to begin with for the first session. Okay. So since you're starting it, what are your two hooks? Uh, I think I definitely want to finish the evening by going on a one-night stand. So going out to any of the local uh, fetish nightclubs and hooking up with someone there. And also want to reveal if there's any anything particularly juicy going on behind the scenes because I'm a bit of a muckraking journalist at the proceedings at the at the gathering uh, there you go things things like that would like to go next I, I can go um, during the during the Golden Plaque Awards, uh, I would like to tell <laughs> people about my novels. <laughs> Seems like a reasonable thing to want to do. 
Um, as well as confront a member of the publishing, uh, one of my publishers, about a translation that has been stalled. What's what's the publisher's name? Um, um, I think just some small. I was trying to think of a of a name, but a, a smaller publisher of of genre fiction. Um, uh, okay. We'll uh, we'll say that you're going to meet. You're going to notice him at that place. George stands. Okay. Oscar Rosling. Um, uh, Matt, can you give us some more uh, sort of neutral examples of the kinds of dramatic hooks that go into these? Yeah, you see, th those are the two examples in the book. Uh, you should visit the place where the kidnapper took you, or you should reveal your infidelity to your wife. Um, other ones I've had uh, in previous games are things like uh, declare your undying love to another PC uh, or get them to kiss you when you're a, a sub a, kind of a victim of their obsession of object of desire but it could could be something even similar like make a new connect uh, make a new friend or forge a new connection for uh, availability or for procurement of books at the meeting right um and it, Eckhart are you are you invited because you're potentially up for the award Probably not. No, you're, you're you're too indie an underground for that. Yeah, they 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 smile on the you know mainstream fiction. You know they, you know any fantasy, science fiction, horror. Don't they? Uh, we we wallow in the shadows of these things, um, but we still show up. <laughs> um, couldn't it be also as as simple as just having a good time at the gathering? Well, like you said, you're hoping to hook up. Yeah, you, you could have visit the visit the event. <laughs> yeah, go to the event itself could be a dramatic hook. That's a pretty easy one to fulfill, but you could you could technically do it. Uh, I think one of mine is going to be placating my wife. Like this is a fancy affair. We look nice. We're going to hobnob with somebody. You know, maybe maybe not just placate Selma, but schmooze with a big shot there. And that will then placate her. Or maybe those are the two. One is to schmooze and one is to placate. Or one is to schmooze, one is to placate her by trying to get in with somebody good. And one is to try to make some business connections. And that way, that's, that's two that sound real. Sounds good. Make um, everybody jealous. <laughs> um, uh, I definitely want to um, schmooze. You know, that that's very much my thing to hobnob and have my name out there and meet people and um, I don't. Uh, I'm kind of drawing a blank, though. I don't. I don't know what else. Um, 
what are what are the options? It's pretty much, I think, any little goal that you're okay. hoping to achieve. Hmm. Show people off, show people the new fashion that you're wearing. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's something that you physically do in okay. the game. The emphasis is that even if you don't necessarily necessarily are successful at what you attempt, uh, what you want to do, it's that you actually attempt to do okay. it. Okay. Okay. Um, make a new connection. I think that would be a good one. So make make a new connection. Um, show off. Yeah, that, I would say that. You know, and um, hmm. oh, that sounds. But I put all that in commit. <laughs> um, start a rumor. I wanted. I want to start a thread on on something on someone. So. Just because you're mean, um, Nick. Any ideas? Um, I would like to. Uh, surreptitiously sneak out of the uh, the, the conference, trying to like to call it, um, and uh, visit uh, the Reeperbahn, uh, Europe's naughtiest street, uh, where I will uh, visit the um, tattoo parlor of uh, one Mr. Hanky Panky add to um, my secret collection of um, erotic homosexual tattoos, which no one knows I have. Um, I would suggest that's a little personal and it might take you right completely out of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you miss the entire story, but you'd have a nice homo. Gone, in, gone into <laughs> gone into my character's head a little bit too much there, haven't I? Um, uh, oh, I don't know then. Um, uh, I actually, I'd quite like to uh, confront. Um, there's there's an English academic I'd rather like to uh, uh, embarrass. Confront. Yes, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd like to have it out with him in a public environment. So I'd be uh, very, uh, very pleased to bump into him, I think. Because uh, a number of paragraphs from, from works I, I wrote some years ago seem to have found their way uh, into a book he published last year without any reference. Do you want to make up a name for him? Um, yes. Um, I'm going to call him Sir Gordon Leverage. You know, the English are like this stupid bloody title. <laughs> Sirs and Lords and bloody Grand Wizard. And... Uh... Suggestion of, of another reason you're there is your history. Maybe there's going to be notable history authors. Uh... Well, I mean, you know, there's every I've been led to believe there's every chance that I might get an award. But when you're talking about an award for an academic textbook, I mean, it's not like 
only a couple of dozen people will read the bloody thing. Not surprising for the price of it. Every conversation we have comes back to the price of academic textbooks. So shall we see then you're hoping to win an award? Um, well, it would be nice. Yes, it would be nice to get some recognition, especially you know, as, I, as I, I'm, I'm very much in the autumn years of my life now. Um, Just once. Ask, before I ask Josh, question would come up. So what if at the end of the session you haven't accomplished something? Does it go away and you replace it? or Just reading up on that to make doubly sure. Uh, in later sessions, the PC receives. Da, 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 da. Uh, I think they do get to ditch one. Ah, oh, here we go. Uh, a player can ask to exchange a dramatic hook for another one if a game session passes without any dramatic hooks being fulfilled. Without so any fulfilled. Okay. Yeah. So if you have, if you've got your two and neither of them um, happen in the first session. The next, uh, you can then say at the end of it, can I please swap the uh, swap it out and have another one? And then either the GM or the other players will then decide what the next one is. And then again, the next session, if neither of those two have been fulfilled, you can do the same thing and say, I'll, I'll cancel this one because this one ain't working either. And then again, GM or other players step in and fill the other slot. Now, what if you do fulfill one, then do you add a new one or the GM adds a new one the next time around? Yeah, they, they will always be two in play at any one time. Be two. Okay. So Josh? Or, or rather two at the beginning of a session because you can in theory fulfill both in play and then you don't get another lot and get to fulfill them as well in the same session. And obviously sometimes they'll be really obvious, like <laughs> find that secret book in the library that's got all <laughs> the answers to it. Yeah, yeah confront my, my antagonist or my God, nemesis. Yeah. Murder the other players. Yeah. <laughs> that probably ain't going to be on my list. <laughs> okay. Gosh. My, my, mine are pretty. My first ones should be easy. I've, I just want to sit at a bar and have a nice glass of whiskey to end the night, which is how I usually go. So. After after the awards things over, after you guys leave, you want to go to a bar and yep, and have a glass of whiskey. It's how I end the night. It usually ends in more than just one glass, but um, and the second one, yeah, it, it's the whole bottle. I just take the whole bottle, slowly get my way through. There'll probably um, be alcohol at the dinner too, so you'll be drinking and. Exactly. That's why I think it'll probably more. Yeah. That's probably why it'll be easy because all I've got to just got to have a glass of whiskey. <laughs> um, and then the next one would be getting up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the second one is to um, try and develop more contacts so I get more jobs for my private ah, security. Pretty security job. Because there's high profile, there should be high profile people at awards. So there will be, yeah. I, I can, uh, you know, get some more money because some money for more That's alcohol. Cool. That actually, now I've got a whole week to write up a whole bunch of interesting stories that are going to be taking place. At the... I, I came up with a name for the publisher con, uh, contact and the name of the publishing company. 
Okay. So Hans Sauer. Sauer. German names. And I'm going to butcher this, but Nachtgeschichten. It translates to night stories. I have no idea how to how to pronounce Hans it. Sauer Nachtgeschichten. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, David. That's the name of the publishing company. Always clears the throat, the German tongue. <laughs> Hans Sauer Nachtgeschichten. Yeah, so Hans. Or syllable Nachtgeschichten. Nachtgeschichten. That is the name of my one of the people who've published uh, my books. Uh, and Hans is a contact there. He's promised me an English hand, translation and it hasn't happened. And I'm getting a little uh, antsy about it. So it's Hans Auer? Uh, S A U E R? Sauer. Sauer. It means sour. But it's sour. initial S is a Z. And it's not. Nachtgeschichten, Nachtgeschichten, Nachtgeschichten. <laughs> Dave, David can pronounce Publishing. it. I, I, I cannot. I... <laughs> it's 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 night. What was it? Night moves or night stories? Is what night stories publishing? Yeah. Remember, we I all thought... speak. We're we're going to physically be speaking English. But it's really German with the universal translator. <laughs> Got that Babelfish in the ear. Yeah. And a funny thing about the German word Geschichten, it means stories and it also means history. So a distinction that they do not make on that level. There was also another uh, one I put in there as we were talking about relationships with the other PCs. Uh, there might be, because one of the bits of character in his relations with NPCs as well, um, there's probably going to be a cast of extra characters out there that maybe might have come up. Uh, for instance, I might know, as I say, with Dita, he might know my other connection from my relationship uh, list by being also out at parties so things um, like that if there's anyone else we want to bring up well yeah if you guys want to bring that up now you can also bring it up in game you know if if you just i'll i'll run with it if you start talking about uh franz gestalt i'll just okay I think it might might be amusing if we've ended up coming up with people that fit the same criteria. They could be then other additional links between PCs if they end up being the same NPC. Eckhart, you seem like a kind of, you know, moody loner type. Um, not a not a party fellow like Mr. Gunnose or our normal friend, the journalist. Uh, do you does that mean that you're um you, you you're not um lecherous you know the lecherous type i i am not does um, anybody do drugs well those two do obviously i have been known three of them <laughs> i've been known to partake why socially <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Who would ever think? Who would ever think Dita would take drugs? It depends what you mean by drugs. 
cocaine, uh, heroin. Heroin's um, not a drug. You inject heroin into medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Very effective medicine. It stops you if, you. if you use it and it stops you from seeing those babies crawling across the ceiling. Wonderful stuff. I, I suppose there's there, there there is a distinction. There's do you use illegal substances for recreational purposes? Um, I know some of you use drugs medicinally because you need to. So, I would say Dita has been known to take cocaine. I'm thinking about post-wall Berlin, and I think that. As in, is the case of in a lot of Europe, marijuana is technically illegal, but it's not hard to come by or very enforced. There's no well, war on mar- drugs. Marijuana, I mean, marijuana is not really a drug, is it? Marijuana is just what you smoke when you're waiting for the drugs to wear off. <laughs> in, in the book of aphorisms. And I mean, you, you, one, one could argue that all drugs are medicinal. Boredom is a disease that kills more people each year than cancer. Although, you know, in West Virginia, it often uses methamphetamines as a mechanism of killing them. So it's tricky. Well, no, um, I mean, it's, well, it's, 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 it, you've got to uh, weigh up thrill versus risk, haven't you? I mean, you know, um, some, some, some drugs, you, you, you might get the munchies and put on a few pounds by eating too much cereal at night. You know, which isn't a particularly bad risk, I think. I'd move up the scale. Obviously, you've got things like heroin, where on 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 the one hand, I'm I'm told it has a um um a, a, a high that's that's better than the greatest orgasm you've ever had. Um, and and on the other hand, there's a very high likelihood that if you take it, you will at some point end up in a phone box giving a blowjob to a Turkish businessman. So, um, playing in the gutter somewhere. In a way, it can go the other way around. You can, you know, start off looking forward to an evening in phone boxes with Turkish businessmen, and then it leads you to heroin. Yes. So I can't tell. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and what a night that was. I'll always remember you, Wally Bazoon. <laughs> so, so, sounds like the kind of route I'd go down because. Uh, yeah, John, John will fuck anything with a pulse. So, uh, and well, we might experiment with stuff that hasn't got a pulse. Well, like, like you, you don't know, like you, like you only go out with chicks who've got loads of lentils. <laughs> I, I did put in his description of uh, body kind of average, maybe one too many sausages. So yeah, having the uh, having the munchies for the uh, for the meat might be might be something in there. Now, when we have pregens in cult, we start off with plus and minuses toward PCs and NPCs um, in terms of our affect. This is is different for the character gen in the campaign because it's it's specified that in the the doc that um, Tom sent us that the Black Madonna relationship rules supersede those for the uh, the regular game. Uh-huh. So we had we had to pick one of those options, and we only got one predefined advantage, uh, predefined relation, like mine, for example, because I uh, I have I'm single with lots of casual sex, 
Uh, I have my party friend stroke fuck buddy, who is my plus one relation that Dita may have met. But that's it. I, that's the only relationship uh, relation on my sheet. In game, we can start forging relationship points between zero and plus two between the other PCs. And that, again, can change on a session-by-session -session basis, depending on do we want to increase it as a player or have certain actions dictated that they reduce. Like, for instance, Dita, um, like maybe Dita betrays me. That would be an, um, a justification for a minus uh, going down a relationship point, but they don't go below zero. So at the moment, then your relationships are all zero, except... Yeah, except for the ones that are defined by the option we chose in the specific character gen for relations. So, so, so points-wise, you can't have like a, a an, in, an entrenched antipathy towards someone. Uh, that would be a plus zero. That would be just accounting right. for pretty much the majority of the rest of the world. Right. right. So my my one because of my relationship status is that I have that my one is a plus one towards Selma. My, my wife and my joyless marriage. Mm -hmm. I have a plus one towards my cat, Albert. Yep. Me too. Oh, me free. <laughs> there are so many cats in this story. I, every I, time I read, we mine, mine was originally a cat, but I've changed cat. it to tortoise now. So. I mean, yeah, a tortoise we have is awesome. Four cats, a, a gray parrot, and a tortoise. We're all. If we all die, the, the, we can have an animal farm version. The Great Parrot's going to naturally take control. Though. So suddenly it becomes a very Gaia-focused campaign. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you all, you all currently permanently live in and around Berlin, correct? Yes. Hamburg, by the way, is about three hours drive from Berlin. So probably faster you, by train. You were you planned coming to Hamburg and staying for a day or two and then going back so you're all in Hamburg. you're all staying in a hotel and technically not the same hotel probably but the way i'm gonna play it the, the only real hotel part is when you've you've gone to the thing and then you're going to go home and sleep afterwards so the golden plaque award is not in a hotel it's it's at the the uh, Hamburg oh, Rathaus, right, right, right Rathaus. in the ballroom, which is this magnificent thing with chandeliers and the great tower. But it's if you look at it, if you look at and you you're welcome to look up Hamburg on, on Google Plus, and you can see where the Rathaus is. There's hotels and bars and, and nightclubs all around there, and there's two lakes. There's the Ben and Ulster and the and the the bigger one. And there's hotels all along there too. So you're in one of those. Bags are the cheapest one. And I think that I, I, I sort of opened the whole thing up by saying that, you know, as you're looking, as it's raining and you're looking out the window, you can see the water of the, either I say the, the Ben announcer or the other one, uh, just to set the mood as you're getting ready. I think, Petra, that you might consider. The neighborhood Charlottenburg, okay, which is not far from uh, Johns and May and Schöneberg, but okay. it's it's um, next to a park that one of the emperors built in honor of his daughter Charlotta, and the neighborhood has these rather handsome, like five-story stone-fronted buildings that right. some of which have modern yeah. interiors. 
Pardon I started me. I started looking up like fancy neighborhoods and then I was thinking, you know, 30 years ago, the fancy neighborhoods may not be the fancy neighborhoods they are now and vice versa, that kind of thing. So I was like, eh, I don't know, but thank you. Well, I, will, I was uh, thinking about that too. I think the thing about Charlottenburg, it was, it wasn't, it, it had that sort of Brooklyn's decline, mm-hmm. but then it became super hip before it became posh. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, cause the buildings are beautiful, but it wasn't like, it was close to East Berlin, which wasn't okay. great, but it had great infrastructure. It's worth considering. Oh, oh I didn't. I didn't say that before. I've. Um, I've. Um, my character lives in Rixdorf, which is a very nice, very, very, very nice area of Berlin. It's very um, green and lots of gardens, and it's leafy. Um, but I kind of like the idea because he's an older man. Um, he would have probably bought somewhere there in the the sixties or the early seventies when property cost next to nothing how old so is everyone to... in the game 50 54 late 30s my mid 40s i was born right after the war mid, mid to late 60s uh late 40s uh, late 20s so <laughs> uh, you can also, if you want to, just add the word Strasse to the end of a word and say that's the street you live on. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I was looking at, um, when I was looking at um, surnames for German characters, I can't remember which one it was, but there was um, a relatively innocuous surname and the literal translation was um, "corpse pile," <laughs> and I thought, "I've I've encountered that surname. I've read things that were written by people with that surname. That's a normal surname. That's a weird culture where you can just have the surname corpse pile." Yeah, I don't know a lot of Anglo people whose last names are cemetery or. Even churchyard. No, the, well, there was, uh, there's an old um, probability um, exercise, isn't there? Jesus Christ night, which is um, about the uh, the fact that <clears throat> in a lot of Latin American countries, it's it's perfectly culturally acceptable to call your your, your son Jesus or Jesus, um, and in parts of Sweden, Finland, Finland and Denmark, um, there are people who have the surname Christ, which was just something that happened when people converted to Christianity in, in Scandinavian countries. So there is a possibility that someone who had um, one um, Latinx parent and one um, Scandinavian parent could end up being called Jesus Christ, which means that there is a, 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 a following probability that it, it, there could one day be a class that was composed entirely of people who were called Jesus Christ, which is why it's referred to as Jesus Christ night. 
I didn't say it was interesting. I just said that it reminded me. Of it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all. <laughs> I know in I know in Greece they skirt around it completely. I've you'll you'll never hear a Greek named Jesus, but you will hear Christos, Christ. You'll hear Soteria, Savior. Those are all common names, but never Jesus, because that's like nope. <laughs> it's, not, it's nothing really to do with that, but you, do you know the um, the sort of middle of the road singer entertainer Chris Deberg? Yes, right. This this involves me having to put things in the chat, right? So, is that Queensrÿche? Chris Deberg. He's Irish, isn't he? Um, I think he's Irish. Yeah, he's famous for for um, you know the um, uh, the, la- the lady the lady in red. Yeah, is, tedious is, ballads is, is the Christopher. Yeah, um, oh, I've seen the celebrities night. Famous major gypsy wedding song. Um. So anyway, yes. A friend of mine uh, was uh, working somewhere and um, he was working with this woman from Liverpool. And uh, this isn't a funny story at all. I don't know why I even started this. This is terrible. Um, But they they were working in this place. I think it was like a car rental and tyre replacement place. And uh, Chris de Berg came in and my friend was on the counter and, you know, just thought, oh, it's Chris de Berg. And that, that was pretty much his reaction. But this, this woman from Liverpool went absolutely mental and started running out after him. But she was, um, he was driving off, so she didn't even get to talk to him. But she was shouting his name and she was shouting, hey, Christy! Christy, Christy, because she thought his name was Christy Berg. Like that. And now, now that I've like said that it was kind of a shit anecdote. <laughs> oh, I'm, well, why I'm, don't I'm, go nil, ahead and stop I'm, I'm nil, I'm nil for two. <laughs> it's like the snail joke. Uh, but I, I thought this. Oh, I just I like that. I, I find I find the idea of, of a of a, of a huge, long, rambling build-up to a disappointingly lackluster punchline. That just amuses me so much. Watching people's reaction to it just makes makes me laugh inside so much. I can't show it because that would ruin the effect, but you know. I was um Kind of circling back to Matt's uh, point about any connections that anyone else had, NPC connections that anyone else would know, aside from your possible connection between you and and uh, Dieter, and is everyone else's connections just cats <laughs> or or non humans in general? Well, your obvious other big connection is uh, Magda, Magda or Lova, right? Um, but from what you guys gave me, you're almost all just loose acquaintances. Uh, Got it. Okay. 
you know, maybe at some point you've had lunch with her or dealt with her or something years ago. Yeah, and based on what we said earlier, it seems like there's a chance that Eckhart actually knows my wife, Selma, but I'm not sure, even if their connection was as strong as it is with me, there's still probably, you know, a handful of meetings and nothing noteworthy. But I Your do friend. have a human relation. I'm so proud. Your, your friendly acquaintances. All right. Our players included Matthew Sanderson, David Gasway, Holly Buto, Morgan Llewellyn, Josh Harwood, and Mick Swan with yours truly as the Game Master. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the fine arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the strange and terrifying worlds and uh, the cult divinity lost role-playing game until next time good luck good gaming see you next week Bye.